Welcome to the This is the Place podcast. I'm Meg Walter in studio today with Chris Rawl. Hey, Chris. Meg, hello. How are you? I am very good. How was your weekend? How was college football? Well, the football season is in full swing. My gambling is, well, it's going to mixed results. And golf is going really well, so like I have no complaints here. Your golf is going. My well? own personal oh, golf game is going okay. well. Are you my making sports money? Gamble- yes, my sports gambling is not really making me money, but it's very fun. Okay. And I haven't lost enough to like get to the point where I question all of my decisions in life. Does that happen usually during the season? That's like midway through the season. Okay. And then the tail end of it, I have a little resurgence and I get really into it. So then when it's gone, I miss it badly for like eight months. I see. That's the rise and the fall of the life of Chris Rawl each year. I see. How about you? Tell me a little bit about your weekend. I'd love to hear what a six-month pregnant lady does. Uh, This weekend, we went on a food tour of West Valley. Oh. It was fun. That actually sounds cool. Yeah, we just started at a Loatian Asian market. Uh, that served really good food in the back. And then we tried some curry pizza. And then... Whoa, hold on. Curry pizza. Yeah, it was good. That sounds so good. It was way good. And then there's... I can't remember the name of it, but it's like shaved ice, but it's like ice cream that they shave. So it's like really finely shaved ice cream. It's what? like a Taiwanese thing. We tried that. That was delicious. So it comes in a bunch of chips, like a shavings? Kind of. It's like you eat Doesn't it with it just a melt spoon. back together into it's a, an ice hard cream to scoop? Eat. I don't get it. Like, it's like kind of messy. Okay. But it's good. The How is it messy? Good. What do you mean? Because it's like shavy. It's kind of crumbly. In my mind, it's, you're eating confetti. It kind of feels like eating confetti. Hmm. Sounds pretty cool. It's cool. And they have those like yummy little ball thingies, you know? Oh, the yummy ball thingies. Yeah. Of course. Bobies. Bo- what is happening? Anyway, that night we went to the symphony playing Jurassic Park at Usonic Amphitheater. That was a lot of fun. Tell me a little bit about that. I actually want to hear. So they play the movie, but the symphony... With with or without sound? Well, with the dialogue, but the symphony is playing the soundtrack. So you can like hear the music better. I don't know. It's fun. What's the draw of that over just watching Jurassic Park? Um, it's fun. I mean, it's a bunch of people together watching a movie outside. What's the draw of watching Jurassic Park as the number one Jurassic Park fan that I know? Are you... Your face just got so offended. <laughs> I will hurt you. Please don't. I would actually prefer it's not to be hurt by you. the best movie of all time. <laughs> you have a weird infatuation with Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. How is that explainable? Jeff Goldblum shirtless. Do you... I don't recall this. I have watched the original Jurassic Park, and you know that when it originally came out, it was like an enormous power struggle in my house because I was a, you know, I don't know how old I was at the time, probably 10 or 12 or something. Yeah. And my parents didn't want us to watch it because it was deemed to be unsuitable for younger children. And so we went with our cousins, and it was a whole big thing. Were you scared? No, I was pretty into it. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) But my parents were not happy. Oh, I'm sorry. My parents are not Jurassic Park fans. Really? To this day. Should I bring them on? You can debate them about Jeff Goldblum shirtless. Next week, tune in. Chris's parents. You talking to my parents. So if you can notice when his shirt's off, (laughs) what his biceps are doing. It's Jeff Goldblum. Get it together. Anyway, that was my weekend. Well, that's a pretty good weekend. You've also been having stuff going on within your weekdays. Yes. Especially with your kids at school. I was kind of getting ready to tee up here for this one. Yeah, so my piece in The Beehive this week is a rave by any other name about an event that was held at my child's school that they called a rave. And it was obviously not a drug club party. 
It uh, wasn't. No. Okay, I'm confused. Is, I, I personally believe that it would I, be. Uh, you're not alone <laughs> because people complain. Other parents were Other believing parents the same thing. Other parents were complaining after the fact. <laughs> no one complained before the event, <laughs> only afterward. <laughs> And so the, were they complaining because there weren't drugs for their kids there to partake maybe, of? Perhaps. Maybe they thought it was false advertising. Or maybe they thought that the kids were there to chill and the drugs were for the adults. So it was like, oh, calm. Your kids will mingle amongst one another. You take acid. We'll play electronic music. You'll dance. Who knows what will happen from that point right, forward, right. but you're going to have a grand time. Right. Uh, yeah. So and they felt betrayed. I'm actually going to add that. That maybe that's a possible reason for the <laughs> Why complaint. would that not be the reason? If I were a parent and was promised a rave, I'd be so mad when I showed up and it was soda everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty quiet party, <laughs> if we're honest. So. In my mind, I'm envisioning you with your kids and you have glow-in-the-dark face paint on and just like a ton of glow sticks and you're doing all sorts of weird <laughs> arm binkies. maneuvers. The binkies are everywhere. <laughs> It's just not a great vibe for your five-year-old and um, three-year-old or however old there. Anyway, so just watching it unfold... I wasn't personally involved. I just got the emails from the principal, multiple emails clarifying what exactly they consider a rave to be. Yeah, you've been tweeting out excerpts from that email. And <laughs> the first one that I saw, I was reading it by myself and I laughed out loud for like a minute straight, which is such a good <laughs> indicator of great comedy. If you're just chilling by yourself and you're laughing out loud and you're just like, this is so good. That's was, what it was. We were like sitting in a restaurant and I got an email on my phone and I, same thing, just started laughing. <laughs> Because it's like you'd have to read the article, but the way she wrote the email was really funny too. Not purposely, like, but like, just like I actually envisioned the person who wrote the email to think it was way funny because they're like, I have to explain what this <laughs> child's rave is, and so it's like it actually is just a lot of kids with so delicious. <laughs> Well, it's so weird when you have to defend a children's rave. So anyway, she sent she sent that first email like thanking the PTA for throwing the rave. And then she sent an email that said, uh, to clarify, our definition of a rave is a child's dance party with so delicious for the parents. And then she sent a third email <laughs> with a completely updated newsletter. A third definition of a like, rave. This is like our children's educator. Can we, like, give her a break? She probably has better things to do with her time, like educate our children. Yeah, I'm going to cut her a lot of slack, mainly because she's probably trying to get this party together, and she just wants to, like, oh, okay, let's come up with a quick she snazzy name even... to label it. Who cares? She probably wasn't even involved. Somebody else was. It was the PTA. She was just trying to be nice and thank the PTA. Anyway, parents are peaceful. Parents of work. are mad about raves. Yeah. So as part of this article, you delve a little bit into your own backstory as a as a party girl, gonna, if we will. <laughs> I, I talk about my time at BYU. Okay. Go and on. And the crazy parties I attended. Which I personally haven't heard them yet, and I have been waiting probably years for this moment. I want to hear no, about your I'm BYU gonna, parties. You're so gonna bad. have to wait and read it in this story. Are you kidding me? I want to talk about him right now so bad. No, you're going to have to wait. Can we talk about him next week? Yes. Because I promise you I want to talk about it for like 15 minutes. This is a good cliffhanger. (laughs) Okay. Go and read Meg's Pace. I can't even (laughs) talk. I'm so excited. (laughs) If anybody can tell. (laughs) All I could think about is next week and I literally lost the ability to speak. (laughs) Wow, you're super stoked about this. So prior to this podcast... Meg explained a tiny tidbit of one of the parties, and it was a cliffhanger for me, so that's why I want to talk about it now. But I can't even wait to delve into this in the story and then hopefully next week on air. So so stay tuned and check out the piece on thebeehive.com, right? Yeah. Ma'am, 
Bam. That's it. Wow. I feel like I've just been to a rave. Well, good. My that's, body's that's drained I, of all life and energy. That's the energy I try to bring everywhere I go. <laughs> I feel sticky and sweaty. Rave. <laughs> Molly. Some say that every time you and I get in a podcast studio together, it's essentially a rave. People leave feeling Some, that way. The only people who say that are people who are currently on Molly. <laughs> Correct. Tell me what Which, other... there's no better way to experience our podcast, so thank you, everybody. Yeah, yeah. We, we recommend you be high <laughs> when listening to this. Uh, Speaking of me... people who possibly might have been high. Tell me. So there was some vandalism in Spanish Fork at a church, which is kind an of a bummer. An LDS church. I an say. LDS church. Since there's a lot of them. There are a lot of LDS churches. Seems like the law of statistics, I like guess, would, yeah, would back would that up. And so it, it was indeed an LDS church. Okay. So people ran around and, you know, smashed some windows and threw stuff around. Your normal vandalism shenanigans, right? Yeah. So police are out searching for, oh, you know, we're going to try to find who did this. Lo and behold, it was a two-person job, okay? Okay. So if you and I went and committed vandalism right now, what's the one thing that we probably shouldn't be doing? Filming it. Filming it. That is correct. So let's say we did, for some strange reason, film ourselves vandalizing something. Sure. What then is the, the next step that we definitely, definitely should not do? Post it. Post it on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> So unfortunately, our two vandals got caught up in the moment, and they were just so proud of their work that they had to Snapchat. I don't get it for the life of me. Yeah. I mean, this happens, right? Like, you hear these stories sometimes, like, stupid bank robber posted on about You hear them all the time. Like, what is that impulse? I don't know. I would think the impulse of committing the crime would be fulfilling enough. Do they want to get caught? They must want to get caught. It can't be for something like that. Why would you want to get caught for vandalizing a church? Like, that's not this cool crime that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I robbed these 20 banks. You know how you always watch movies and it's like, it's not like a heist. I just wanted off. to get found out because I want people to know because this is so cool. That's not cool. You no. just vandalize a church. Anybody can do that. I could do that in two seconds. Why? Did they have a motive? They were probably just. Are they just dumb teenagers? They probably just wanted to snap, man. They were like, they just wanted to we need more fresh content. Let's go vandalize You never know what these new YouTubers and Snapchatters oh. are trying to find for content. Dang kids, you know. There was that weird guy who went to that forest in Japan and filmed, like, people who were dead. Oh, yeah. That was a that was weird bad. story. That was bad. The like, baked, there's a, baked yeah. Alaska guy? Wasn't I? I don't know who. No, I don't think so. I think it's somebody um. different. The point is there's a forest in Japan where people commit suicide and, like, yeah. hang themselves. And yeah. he went and videotaped. It was really gross. That is gross. Just be normal on the internet, everybody. Why do we need this content? Don't get mad about rage. Why do we need this content? Don't Snapchat yourself destroying a church. Maybe don't destroy churches, first of all. But if you do, don't Snapchat it. What happened to the clean, wholesome days of Snapchat where we just sent nudes to one another when we were single? Just send nudes. What happened to that? Now we got to commit crimes and snap them? I don't mind into that. Kids, you know? What's the story here? Millennials. Freaking millennials. I don't even think they were millennials. If they were like teens, they were They like... were in their early 20s. Oh. I think one was 20 and one was 23. They were 23. early 20s? They were early 20s. Ew. What kind of dumb early 20s? Tw- like 14, I was expecting. Oh, no, 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 no. In their 20s. Here's the funny part. The cops nabbed both of them. Yeah. It was a guy and a girl, and both of them admit, oh, yeah, because they're being filmed. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, I was there. But then each of them blamed the other for committing all the vandalism. So there was like a dual throwing under the bus type scenario, uh-huh. which is pretty cool. Uh-huh. That part is good content. That's they, good content, Meg. That goes on the Snapchat. lovers, and now they're not. They were lovers, and they reached a point where they just needed to do something more than whatever they were doing with one another. Sure, their passion couldn't be contained. Their passion couldn't be contained, and so it was taken out upon 
fire extinguisher cases, chairs, pictures. Stake center. I mean, and who of us have not been in love to this extent? I personally who has have. not been in violent love? I've heard stories of your marriage, and I know you and Stephen just bashing things left and right at the local just church house. Just find local churches and go crazy. <laughs> you two on a Friday night after a Jurassic Park at the symphony, it just gets Come on, wild kids, and weird get at the in church. in the car. <laughs> we got to go smash some windows. Bring your baseball bats. That's too bad. A- don't commit crime. B, don't if you're it. going to commit crime, definitely don't film. Yeah. That's the best advice that we can offer on This is the Place. And we are in the, the business of offering of crime advice. today. As your elder. <laughs> are we the elders? Heed my word. When did we become the elders? When I was older. I still have Snapchat. 20s. And I use it for its original purpose, Meg. Said nudes? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I had Snapchat, what other purpose would you have it for? for a minute and like five people followed me and all I do was post videos of me lip syncing popular songs. That's a pretty good purpose. And I didn't last long on Snapchat. <laughs> oh, people were so pissed. The five people who followed me were like, this is great. <laughs> You're so funny. How would they compliment you? That'd be so strange. It was strange. They're like, oh, another rendition of Lady Gaga from Meg. Great. Poker face. Uh, what else is going on in the old uh, 801? There's all sorts of stuff going on. As you've seen by now in the newsletter that we publish today, hopefully you're listening to this on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. when the beehive gets down and dirty and when throws it, content drops, every which way. When it flies into your inbox. There's a lot of stuff going on. And probably the number one thing that I want to talk about is what's going on at the Utah State Fair. Have you ever been to the Utah State Fair? I actually don't think I have. What? I know. Of all the people I know, I would expect you to be I know, a Utah weird. State Fair goer. I just think that it doesn't work out every year. What does that mean? I mean, like, there's always, like, a conflict. Like, I want to oh. go, and it just never happens. <laughs> it sounded so ominous the way you were looking. It just and doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out. It. Don't worry about it. I thought you were covering up some sort of life of crime that could only happen My during vandalism. the Utah State Fair. Yeah. yeah. So the Utah State Fair, I believe it's a 10-day event. It's a long time. It's over a week. So people gather, and they do all sorts of things, you know, ride a Ferris wheel, whatever. But there's a tradition there that I'm fascinated by, Okay. And it started 21 years ago, which is also wild. And it's butter sculpting. Yeah, I've actually seen a movie about butter sculpting. Wow. How is that possible? What is going on in your life? Starring Jennifer Garner. Is this one of the BYU parties? I think it's on Netflix. Was this a BYU party? It's called Butter. And she is is a professional butter carver. Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Is a professional butter carver. Like a weird. They prefer sculptor, by the way. Sculptor. My apologies. It's not a very good movie. No, it's about a butter sculptor played by Jennifer Garner. It did open my eyes to a world I did not know existed. Explain the three takeaways that you had from this film. You can sculpt butter. Okay, that's a good one. You can be very good at sculpting butter. (laughs) Another great one. You have to be careful the butter doesn't melt. Yeah, these are all perfect things that you've learned. And also, I have learned from the Utah State Fair. So there's these two people. One of them has been sculpting it since it started 21 years ago. The other one jumped in like 12 years later. Are they competitors or are they a team? No, they're a team. So the one who's been there for 21 years, her name is Debbie Brown. And then her partner, who's been there for 12 years, his name's Matt McNaughton. And they're this butter sculpting duo. Uh One news article, I think was on KJS, called them a dynamic duo for their butter sculpting Mm. prowess, which is pretty cool. That is. They get inside of a refrigerated chamber. Yeah. And they sculpt. Cool. Apparently for like 40 hours is how long it took to do this year's rendition. Okay. So I assume they have to wear pretty warm clothing to do the sculpting. In my mind, they're nude and they cover themselves in butter just to blend in with their surroundings. This is the weirdest podcast I've ever done. That I don't know if it's true, but I just assume naturally. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they're in there sculpting butter. It's paid for by some Dairy Association of America or so something. they're sponsored. They're sponsored. Cool. Oh, yes. And it's been sponsored <laughs> since it started. Yeah. And every year it has to be about cows, but every year it's different. So wait, are they competing or are they just doing no, it? No, they are doing it. They were taught. So some lady from Iowa was flown out here 21 years ago to teach them the, the, the butter sculpting tricks were they, of the trade. Were they sculptors of a different kind prior to becoming... See, we don't know any of that backstory. We just okay. know that 21 years ago, Debbie herself was taught these secrets from this Iowa master butter sculptor. I love which that. Which is exactly the state that I would assume a master butter sculptor resides. I love that so much. <laughs> okay. So she comes out here, teaches her the tricks of the trade, starts sculpting these cows, and it's just kind of snowballed to the point where everybody who goes to the Utah State Fair loves this butter sculpting chamber. Yeah. Because... The sculpting is actually incredible. Yeah. They take 800 pounds of butter, and over the course of 40 hours, like, this year they made a bunch of cows that are exercising for reasons (laughs) unknown. I personally have no idea why that's happening. That's awesome. And there's three huge cows sculpted out of butter, and they look freaking awesome. And they're done. And they're done. You can go see them now. You can just go see them. Okay. How good is this? Why would you not go to the state fair now at this point? Well, now I feel like I have to. There are butter sculptors, Meg. You, as the number one fan of butter sculpting that I know, you're the only one who's ever watched that butter movie. No, I think that's true. I think I'm the only person who's ever seen that movie. I love Netflix's metrics. Everything, it's like billions and billions of watches or downloads or whatever, and butter is just one. I. It's uh, just you. It's just you at a BYU party alone by yourself. It's not a party. It's just you as a BYU student. I can't stress this enough. It was a number of years ago that I saw butter, so. What things in your life led you down the road to butter? The movie, not the edible arrangement. Chris, look me in the eyes and tell me you've never watched a movie on Netflix just because there was nothing else to watch on Netflix. I have not. I actually have never owned Netflix. Whoa. Yeah. For a long time, I was using uh, Stephen's roommate's mom's Netflix account. Her password was basketball. Doesn't... (laughs) Big fan. Doesn't the world consist of like 15 people who have bought a Netflix subscription yeah. <laughs> and 9 trillion others so just mooching off of the original subscription? We pay for HBO. Okay. There are, I kid you not, 11 people who have access to our account. <laughs> and we can always see what they've been watching. I uh, That's what I love about the mooch. <laughs> Every time I'm with somebody who has Netflix, they're like, hey, check out these things that show up in my queue. Guess who has my password? And it's the weirdest yeah. Yeah. Weirdest. Someone like started Avatar, which is not a good movie, and they got 20 minutes in and gave up. There's all these like movies that have (laughs) been started and not finished. Uh, It's the best. (laughs) I I can't handle that. It's so funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know a lot about the people who use our HBO account. I think that's a whole podcast in its own right. And if we have to change the password for any reason, we start to get like text messages. (laughs) Hey, Meg, how, how's it going with the kids anyway? Hey, so long time. Uh, have you maybe... Is anybody hacking your... What's what's the new password? Just uh, wondering. Somebody has like a huge hankering to finish off the last six hours of Avatar. <laughs> and they're like, well, what's, what's the old password for the HBO? Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Any other weird yeah, Utah stuff? Well, there's a couple other stories in there that I think are interesting. They're less weird, but they're just kind of like, there's a lot of culinary creation going on in Utah, apparently, which I find Exciting. to be strange. We just had the National Chef of the Year named, and he's from Utah. He, wow, He's really? the head of the Culinary Arts Department at UVU. He went out to some national competition in New Orleans and balled out, apparently. So now he's the National Chef of the Year. Very cool. And he's teaching all of our young millennials who don't know how to use Snapchat how to cook, which is way better than Snapchat. (laughs) 
And hopefully it gives them fresh content for their Snapchat that we can approve of. Yeah, totally. Rather than the Crime Zerk Committee. And then there's stuff going on at Nephi's Hospital. Do you know where Nephi, Utah is? Uh, is it south of here? I think it's south. Oh, right? yes, it's south. Yeah. It's about, so Spanish Fork, which is on the southern end of Utah Valley, essentially. It's even more south of that. It's like 35 minutes from there. Yeah. It's pretty remote. It's just right off I-15, but it's kind of its own backwoods yeah. town, right? They have a hospital that apparently is serving really good food to everybody, and they're fired up about it. They got some renowned chef, and he's cooking sushi and crab cakes and stuff like that. How good does this sound? I just remembered another college party I went to. Why are you not talking about these? <laughs> I just talked about a hospital chef, and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that reminds me of another party. That's an incredible okay, cliffhanger. Here's the thing. The Provo Hospital serves really good omelets every once in a while. But only late at night. So you have to go at like 10 p.m. to get an omelet served by the hospital chefs. What's happening? Like once a month. Or at least they used to when I was in college. What are you talking about? It's real. It's a real thing. (laughs) Why are we not talking about your parties? (laughs) I can't stress this enough. You'll have to read the article. I want to write an You'll have to read the story. Can I do an expose on your party-going habits? I invite you to. I could probably write 10,000 words based upon these tiny snippets of information you've given me today. Well, no one's stopping you. (laughs) I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Give me your HBO password right now. That's the starting point. (laughs) Our password. Don't tell everybody. That that made me so nervous. You don't know our login. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. Okay, is it? But it's like. Is it another sport? It's the name of another person who uses our account. Oh, that's pretty good. So we changed it so that that she would feel bad about it. (laughs) What's her name? Shame her publicly again. I'm not going to tell you. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Uh, Remember to. Rate us and review us only if they're good ratings, though. We don't want your garbage ratings on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, buddy. And check out The Beehive this week. Yeah, buddy. Check out Chris's other podcast, Two Strike Bunt, and my other podcast, Hive Mind. Yes. And sorry, quick interjection. Yeah, that was yeah. rude of me to interrupt. Interject. Go for um, it. Last week, we published a piece from Clint about medical marijuana in Utah. Yeah, that's right. And the day that this podcast comes out, So Clint asked a bunch of questions to a lot of figures and institutions within Utah, basically asking them to declare their position and answers on certain things within the medical marijuana debate, right? Yeah. And so we have gotten all of those answers now from all those people and institutions. And so they are now published and that post is updated. You can go and see that on thebeehive.com as well. So that's another thing in addition to Make's piece that is going to be going live today. So like real journal so check it out nothing's more real than your rave it's like actual news nothing's more real than the rave and party backstory <laughs> that you've currently been going on <laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody thanks